Hello and welcome to this podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson, your host on today's show. Today we're going to talk about commodities and focus on a sector which is sometimes neglected but is still very strong, namely precious metals. Indeed, precious metals such as gold, silver and platinum are all around us and a part and parcel of our daily lives. They can be found in many objects, sometimes very noticeable, sometimes hidden. In today's podcast, we will endeavour to understand more about these precious metals and how they remain an attractive diversification tool for investors. I'm joined by Edmund Shing, Global CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management, who is passionate about the subject. Hello, Edmund. Hello, Charlotte. First of all, what is a precious metal? Can you define it? And in what area or areas are they used? If we think about precious metals, they're rare metals, such as uh, gold, for instance, that also are relatively inert chemically. They're used as a store of value and have been historically for thousands of years. If you think about gold and silver in particular, this is the case. And they've even been used, of course, as the original basis for money, for coins. So if you think about it, you know, Romans, uh, to take one example, originally used silver and gold as the base for their coinage. So that's, that's really um, the basis for a precious metal. And today you think about gold, first of all, which is the biggest one, but you also think about other precious metals such as silver and even platinum. So let's focus on gold now. We tend to overlook the yellow metal in our investments, considering it as rather a useless asset. But is this sentiment exaggerated, do you think? Well, if I was an investor, what is quite clear is that from 2009 to 2020, the best thing one could have done as an investor when looking at commodities in general or precious metals in particular would have been simply to ignore them because performance was a little bit on the poor side from precious metals. So again, looking back in 2020 and looking back over the previous 11 years, it would have made sense to ignore gold and not hold any at all. However, as we've seen over the last couple of years, you can have explosive performance in precious metals, notably in gold. And this has always been the case, that you get these long periods where nothing happens and precious metals such as gold trade sideways or even down. But then you do get these explosive periods where the performance is extremely strong. And it's quite difficult to predict when that's going to happen. So for an investor, yes, generally, you do have to suffer long periods of inactivity or of relatively poor performance, but then and only then do you really capture these substantial moves to the upside. In fact, if you take gold and you measure it against other investment assets since the year 2000, you'll find that gold has actually outperformed all other major asset classes since 2000, if we go to today. And that includes against equities, against government bonds, against corporate bonds or against property. Gold has been the winner. But that's because it had tremendous performance in the early noughties. And again, you've had tremendous performance in the last couple of years. So what is the outlook for gold in 2023? Well, I think there are, there are four main drivers for gold. If we look from a macroeconomic standpoint, the first one is geopolitical instability. So when there is a lot of volatility on a political basis, that uncertainty tends to be good for gold. So that's the first point. And we are clearly at a point where given the Ukraine-Russian conflict, given also the tensions in the US and China, which are clearly ongoing, we have a lot of geopolitical uncertainty, which is one supporting factor for gold. Secondly, you have two macroeconomic factors, which are long-term interest rates, particularly real interest rates, and then the US dollar. In both cases, again, 
these have become more supportive. The real interest rates, which had actually gone up a lot over the last year, actually dragging on gold, has now turned around and has become a supporting factor for gold because real interest rates, long-term interest rates, are falling. And when long-term interest rates fall, gold tends to do well. Similarly for the dollar. As you know, most commodities are measured in US dollars, so the dollar is actually a significant headwind for commodities, including gold. When the dollar is strong, commodities tend to do worse, and gold in particular tends to do worse. However, after a very strong period for the dollar up until recently, we have latterly seen the dollar turn tail and start to weaken. And this is quite typical of times when, for instance, the Federal Reserve are close to seeing peak interest rates and they're close to marking a pause in their interest rate strategy, which is what we think will happen in January. So this is actually very supportive for gold because the dollar is already anticipating this and is weakening already, and a weaker dollar tends to be good for gold. And then the final criterion, which I think is also worth noting, is that globally, central banks have been big buyers of gold. And this is not something we've seen for some time, but they have been entering and buying gold. And this relates back to the geopolitical instability, the fact that the US government has been weaponizing the US dollar against, for instance, Russia, and foreign central banks, as a result, want to diversify their monetary reserves which are largely held in US dollars today and are diversifying them in part by buying up a lot of gold to hold as reserves. Edmund, you talk about gold as a diversification tool. Should people focus on other precious metals such as silver or platinum? Well, I think gold is the primary one to consider for diversification because it's the biggest. So if you think about in terms of size, in terms of how much gold exists, Clearly, gold is the biggest precious metal out there by some margin in terms of volume, in terms of the amount that, is, that exists above ground. Remember, though, that the stock of gold does not grow very much. It only grows by one and a half to two percent per year on average. And that's been true for a very long time. But I do think that for an investor, it is worth considering other precious metals such as silver and platinum as well. The difference, of course, we should remember between gold and silver and platinum is gold on the one hand is largely a financial commodity. Yes, it is used in jewellery, but largely it's used as a store of value and as a, an alternative currency, shall we say, but uh, one that is not paper-based. On the other hand, silver and platinum have industrial uses which are very important as well. Silver, for instance, in the electronics industry and as a key raw material in production of solar panels. Platinum also has a number of roles, but notably as a catalyst in, for hydrogen-based power. So there are these industrial uses, again, partly linked to renewable energies, which clearly we think the demand grows. So again, I do think that silver and platinum are worth looking at, not only for their the store of value argument like gold, but also for the growing industrial uses, particularly linked to renewable energy generation. So how can I invest in precious metals and what are the criteria? Well, there are several ways. Firstly, there's the obvious physical format, which is coins or gold bars if you're rich enough. These can be bought over the counter from dealers and uh, the coins in particular issued by often by official authorities such as the US Mint or the Royal Mint in the UK. So that's the first way. Secondly, you can buy physical gold via funds and use its ETFs, exchange traded funds, which basically buy the gold on your behalf when you buy the fund uh, and then store that gold safely in a vault in a bank in Switzerland or in the UK. Thirdly, you can buy funds of gold and silver producing companies. So, of course, there are gold and silver producing companies, which you find largely listed in the US, Canada, South Africa, and so on for gold, silver, and platinum. 
you can buy funds of these companies, either of gold producers, silver producers, or of precious metals producers generally. And that can be bought in, for instance, use its format, either in fund or exchange traded fund. And of course, you can buy the individual stocks. But the problem with the individual stocks is that you need to then be buying either in US dollars, Canadian dollars, South African rand, and so on. So you need to have a lot of currencies. So my preference for diversification purposes for most clients would be to either buy physical gold via a fund or ETF, or the gold and silver producers also buy via a fund or ETF to get that diversification benefit, but to benefit from the expected rise in the physical gold and silver prices and also therefore in the underlying prices of the gold and silver producing companies. Thank you very much, Egg Minching. And to our listeners, please like, share and subscribe to our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict and Spotify by searching for BNP Paribas Wealth and check out all of our research on Voice of Wealth. Until next time, goodbye.